Okay, it's synced up. Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila reporting from Dallas County, and I'm who, who am I here with today? Hey, it's on you. Ah. So yeah, so what are we talking about today? I believe today we are talking about the London monster. Yes, and I just told Hanyo about it, and then she was like, "That's so scary." Am I right? Yeah, that's exactly my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, we're gonna go to London, the city of London, uh, and just talk about the London monster, who was, which was the name given to a given to an alleged attacker of women in London between eighteen seventeen eighty eight and seventeen ninety. Now, the t attacker had a signature behavior of pickerism which is what is called uh, the picking or stabbing of victims with a knife or a pin or a needle. So that that's the Ooh. whole deal. Interesting. Yeah. So the first reports of the monster appeared in 1788. So according to the victims, who are most of them are from wealthier families, a large man had followed them, shouted obscenities, and stabbed them in the booty. <laughs> Some reports claimed an attacker had knives fastened to his knees. Other accounts reported that he would invite prospective victims to smell a fake nosegay, which is like those little flowers that you put on your lapel that clowns would just like spew water out of, uh, and then stab them in the face with a spike hiding in the flowers. Well, that doesn't seem very nice. No, it doesn't. So, um, let me show you uh, what an artist's depiction of the London monster attacking a woman here in this uh, in this uh, drawing that was made in 1790. So, I will just show you that. Okay, so here is a drawing of the London monster, of an artist's depiction of the London monster. So what do you think? Interesting. Very scary. Just, just stabbing her in the butt? I think so. Actually, I would really say that's kind of the side, not her butt. Yeah. Because he looks like he's kind of facing more towards him. Yeah. Like, excuse me, sir. You have forces your knife in me. Please remove it. I said no. This day. I think the artist might have taken some liberties <laughs> when drawing it. But yeah, that's how this uh, person is supposedly have looked like. So... Yeah, so in all cases, the alleged assailant would, es would escape before help arrived. Now, some women were found with their clothes cut and others had substantial wounds. In two years, the number of reported victims mounted to more than 50. Now, the press soon named the maniac the monster, and descriptions of the attacker varied greatly. Some men even founded a no monster club and began wearing a <laughs> began to wear club pins on their lapels to show that they were not the monster. Very, very ingenious. What did you say? 
I mean, if you're trying to say that you're not who they say you are, yeah, sure, sure, it's ingenious. I mean, who's to say that the actual guy didn't get his hands on one of those no monster pins and just start wearing it? Of course. <laughs> I mean, my victims will allow me to come closer to you because you say I am not a monster. <laughs> ah, surprise, I am! Stab in the butt. Stab in the butt? Why the butt? I don't know. Ask the monster! <laughs> okay. So the... <laughs> So, Londoners were outraged when the Bow Street Runners, the London police force at the time, uh, failed to uh, capture the man. Now, philanthropist John Julius uh, Angerstein promised to award 100 pounds for capture of the perpetrator. Now, armed vigilantes began to control the city, oh, began to patrol the city, and fashionable ladies began to wear copper pans over their petticoats. Now, there were false accusations and attacks against suspicious people. Local pickpockets and other criminals used the panic to their advantage, and they picked someone's valuables, pointed at him, and shouted, Monster! and escaped during the resulting mayhem. So, yeah, there's that. I mean, that's one way to get away with some shady stuff. Getting away from shady stuff, do da, do da. Gonna blame the other guy, do da 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 da. Yeah. So on June 13th, 1790, one Anne Porter claimed that she had spotted her attacker in St. James Park. Her lover, John Coleman, began to show slow pursuit of the man who realized he was being followed. When Renwick Williams, a 23 year old florist, reached his house, Coleman confronted him, accusing him of, of insulting a lady and challenged him to a duel. He eventually took Williams, Williams to meet Porter, who fainted when, he, when she saw him. Now, Williams protested his innocence, but given the climate of the panic, it was futile. He admitted that he had once approached Porter, but had an alibi for the other attacks. Magistrates charged Williams with defacing clothing. Um, so yeah, which uh, which a crime that in the bloody code carried a harsher penalty than assault or attempted murder. So what do you, what do you think about that? I don't know. That seems a little suspicious. Do you think the? Uh, do you think the crime, the punishment matches the crime of defacing clothing? I don't think the punishment fits the crime because it was just a loss of some petticoats, but nothing was, or dresses and things like that, but nothing of major, no, as they say, deflowering had been going on. Mm -hmm. They literally just got stabbed in the butt and then survived. Okay, yeah. So, uh, during the trial, spectators cheered the witnesses for the prosecution and insulted those for the defense. So it was a real kangaroo court, a real Depp versus Heard situation. Hmm. So, wow. what, Did wow. Did really do that? Huh? Mm -hmm. What was I that? I heard that reference, young man. Oh, sorry. Are you team, are you team Depp or are you, are you team Heard? Depp. Your team Depp? I'm team yep. Depp too. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
so uh, one of the claimed victims confessed that she had not been attacked at all. <gasps> now, oh, scandalous. Oh, yeah. So the court granted Williams a retrial. In the new trial, Williams' defiance, defense lawyer was, an, was Irish poet Theophilus Swift, who uh, you might read his poetry sometime in poetry class. So, whose tactics was to accuse Porter of a scheme to collect the reward? Porter, having married Coleman, who had received the award money? Despite the fact that a number of alleged victims gave contradictory stories and that his employer and co-writer, co-workers testified that he had an alibi for the most infamous attack. Williams was convicted on three counts and sentenced to two years each, with a total of six years in prison. Hmm. And, and he was released in December of 1796. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you think he's the, mon- the London monster? Do you think Williams is the London monster? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, he probably could have, you know, approached maybe one or two of those ladies. I mean, towns are very small, but mm-hmm. I doubt he could have gotten as many people as confronted to being stabbed by this London monster to begin with. Mm-hmm. So historians have speculated whether Williams was the culprit and have even questioned whether the London monster even existed. So reports of monster-like attacks continued to be reported for many years, though they lessened somewhat while Williams was imprisoned. So there were still reports of attacks while Williams was in prison. So due to the likelihood that several attackers emulated the original attacker, maybe, the London monster is regarded as possibly one of the first copycat cases. It has also been even compared to Jack the Ripper who murdered several prostitutes in London a century later and also received a similar media coverage and press sensationalism. Uh, Although the London monster never really killed anyone. So yeah, and thus ending the story of the London monster. So yeah, well, what's your opinion on this whole thing? Well, I mean... It could have been copycats, it could not, but having still a mass of people still going out and getting stabbed in the butt, it's yeah. kind of hard to say that he was the original or was he the copycat. So it's no telling where he actually sat in all of that. I think... I think he, uh, at the very least, he was a copycat because he did ended up. He did proclaim his innocence throughout the entire trial, and he had solid alibis for the other previous attacks. So odds are, that's how it is. So what did you think about that whole? What do you think about this whole court proceeding that them they just convicted him? They ch- convicted him regardless of all the evidence supporting that he he wasn't he isn't most likely the London monster. Sounds like just our society as a whole, anyway. No, snap. What do you mean? Just, you know, you try to hear two sides of the story to not commit someone, but 
some people already have in their mind that that person's guilty without even being shown the evidence that they're not. Mm. There's a lot of people in jail that are were innocent. And well, more recently with the new way DNA testing and just testing of certain things, there's been cases where someone was convicted of a crime and they go back to it and find DNA or some kind of other evidence that leads to someone completely different and the person they put in jail was completely innocent. That stings. Yep. Hopefully they, do Do the courts actually compensate them for the wrongful conviction? No. They don't give them any money? <laughs> they just say, no. get out of here, figure it out. <laughs> in some cases, yes, that happens. Like, yeah. they actually have to go and appeal and get it off their records. They just get jobs in certain places. That's Because dangerous. sometimes they just don't expunge it, or they keep it in for so many years. Right. Well, that definitely stinks. Do you think that's what happened yeah. to Renwick Williams? I mean, was he ever released and put back into society after serving his time in jail? Yeah, he was only no, sentenced he to... Was killed. What? Wasn't he killed, though? No, he was, he was released after serving his time in, in prison in 1796. So, it might have been hard, especially if his face was in all the papers. Oh, yeah, this, this trial was heavily uh, ca- uh, covered. Uh, by the media it had heavy media coverage uh, or as as much media coverage as you can get in the 1790s but yeah like everybody knew about him everybody like knew about the trial and the conviction so uh, though he wasn't really uh yeah he, he knew about the trials and convictions so yeah who knows what his life was like after he was released <laughs> so yeah like most it's of no, yeah yeah no it's no telling how that happened mm. it could have probably went bad or not yeah what would you do if you got stabbed in the butt i mean do i do I reattack? Like, do I get a chance to defend myself and my butt's honor? Well, you already or... got you already got stabbed in the butt. Like, this person came from behind and just like stabbed you in the butt. You didn't know. What do you do after that? Would you? I guess you would just attack them. I guess. Yeah, because I'm pretty. But I mean, if you think about the time frame, there's so much fabric and bustles and extra padding and stuff. I don't think anyone, unless it was a really long dagger, a really big dagger, and they had enough time to go all the way through all that amount of fabric, would actually touch the box. <laughs> I know that, that that most women started wearing like like pans over under their petticoats in order to protect themselves from being stabbed in the butt. So. There's that option. I mean, pants with the the underskirt, uh, an overskirt, 
a petticoat over that and then actually no before the petticoat they have like if you actually there's some people that actually show the process of certain amounts of clothing that a female had to put on mm. for that type of century yeah. there's uh in some of them depending on if it has the elongated butt that like it's wider than what her actual butt is it's actually padding on top of that butt and then the petticoat and then the actual dress mm -hmm. so there's lots of layers of clothing going through this so really it's more of a did they i mean they got stabbed in the butt but did it actually make contact through all the fabric to actually stab them in the butt to give actual harm uh probably maybe i mean he used a knife i don't know how sharp the knife was but <laughs> who knows they did they, they did say that the clothing was like ripped and stuff yeah i mean but that's a lot of clothing and yeah, yeah. that's easy to rip I mean, if you're trying to get towards the bottom, you have to go through all that amount of clothing to get to it. Mm -hmm. And depending on your knife, if it's not fully sharp, and this is why you don't use people's ladies and gents fabric scissors, is that the more you cut things that shouldn't be cut, the more duller the scissors or knives get. Okay. So do you use fabric scissors or don't use fabric scissors? only use fabric scissors on fabric you uh, use it on anything else then i'll have to get a new fabric scissors and a new person that got a new person is because that... i will have to use my fabric scissors to stab you afterwards because oh. they're no longer fabric scissors at that point did did that happen to you once maybe maybe not oh no let me see fabric scissors i want to know what they look like Oh, okay, I see it. They, they look like regular scissors in most cases, but they're meant to be cut by fabric. And if you use it on other things, it starts sewing and it won't make the nicer cuts that you need when you're doing sewing. That's not good. You need that to sew. Nope. <laughs> so yeah <laughs> that's the story of the london monster um if you want to know other things there is a, a an episode of garrow's law which was based off of the london monsters case london monster case it's on episode two you can check that out and most of this information came from the book uh the london monster by jan bondison so yeah if you want to learn more about the london monster you can go check out that book uh yeah and that's that's pretty much uh, everything what are your final thoughts on the uh, on the london monster hmm. final thoughts don't get caught trying to stab people in the butt <laughs> ask politely consent is what's really special yeah i don't think this guy actually got caught so i, I don't think so either <laughs> no i mean with multiple things happening after such a major case still happening uh, that said it was uh, a, either a copycat or the original, uh -huh. I, don't, I don't think he was one of them. 
unless it was more than one assailant and he just happened to be the one that got caught. Yeah. There was that whole thing about the London monster just never existing in the first place. Do you think that's true? No, I don't think that's true. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time believing that as well. Uh, because of all these ladies saying that they got attacked by the monster. Odds are that probably is somebody going around stabbing people in the butt. So yeah, that's, that's the story of the London monster. I've been Nathaniel Avila. And I'm Hanyu. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to A Vision Podcast, home of Wacky Talkies, The Kingdom, Evil Exists, and many more.